the way, I lost so many people so quickly and I haven't lost anyone in a while. Yeah, I mean, you've got half. I still have half. I have I've had half since episode 3. Yeah. Like we just But you held strong. Chopped them down. We chopped them down real quick. Welcome, everybody, back to Escaping Reality, the podcast where some pals sit down and we talk about reality competition shows. And we've been talking about Survivor. It's season 45. It's episode eight. If you're listening, you've probably been listening. But if you just found us, hi. Thanks for coming. Welcome. We have an open door policy. Come through anytime. You can follow us on Instagram at Escaping Reality Pod. We sometimes post really funny content. Not all the time, but when it's there, it's good. You can also check us out. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow. Give us a rating and a review. That would be amazing. Make me happy. Go give us a beautiful five-star rating, a review, and tell your friends about our show, especially if they watch Survivor, because I think they'd like it. Anyway, we're talking about Survivor Season 45, Episode 8, which is titled Following a Dead Horse to Water, a quote from Bruce, which if you listened last week, we called Bruce a dead horse like a million times. Or, you know, the concept yeah. of his narrative. Um, yep. So I thought this was incredibly ironic. And I wonder if whoever titled this episode thought the same thing. I hope they Also, did. following a dead horse to water is not... It does. It's not a saying. Like... It's it's nothing. You lead a horse to water and you beat a dead horse. You don't lead a dead horse to water, nor do you follow it. Like... So much anyway. about it was annoying. Um, I forgot to mention it is just Anna and Aggie again today. Stacy will be back soon, we promise. And we do have some thoughts from her. So you'll hear from her a little bit later, but she's not on the call with us today. So you're in for an Anna and Aggie special once more. It was a little chaotic last week. So I think we'll be, I think we'll have simmered a bit, um, just given the nature of the episode, but who knows? Things could get crazy. And with that, we'll get into our initial thoughts slash first impressions of the episode. Aggie, you're up first. Okay. So guys, in a complete heel shift, I told you I would probably heel shift back, but in a complete heel shift from last week, I'm back to being on Team Survivor. I felt like the episode was good. There was enough of like other things that wasn't camp. It didn't feel like a heavy handed edit of like, oh, this person's going home or I'm going to give you a lot of content about this person and you're going to think they're going home. And then I'm actually just going to like blindside you in a way that feels like you've shortchanged also the person playing the game. So that was nice. A nice shift. It's like they heard my feedback and they said, well, can't disappoint her two weeks in a row. That would be too tricky. But yeah, I liked it. For me personally, I didn't like the outcome because I really liked, spoiler alert, Kelly. And so I was sad to see her go, but I didn't feel like it was an unreasonable vote out. I felt like it was potentially smart gameplay if they couldn't get Bruce to get his self-proclaimed number one ally. I know she's been trying to get out of that, but people are like, well, he's telling everybody that you're his number one ally. So I didn't know what to do with that. My least favorite part of the episode was Bruce winning immunity by an absolute mile. But I did love the auction. It was so fun to get back. I had goosebumps when they showed all the little clips from the past. I was living. We're going to get into it and talk about all the changes. I think most of them worked. Shocking for a group of twists that this show likes to throw at us. I actually think these ones worked. And yeah, I was excited about the possibility of a women's alliance. Emily completely tanked it, but I was excited about the possibility. And yeah, so I'm excited to get into the episode. But there were a lot of good things percolating long term. 
we did I did actually overall enjoy this episode I hated the outcome but the episode was good yeah I mean we'll we'll get into it but like I I was fine with the outcome I was like middle ground you know what I mean like I was sad because it wasn't anything she did it was Bruce that caused that do you know what I mean like but I wasn't angry in the way that I was when Caleb went home do you know what I mean because Kelly like she was a strong power player, but she wasn't pushed in your face so much that you were like, oh my God, what are we supposed to watch now? Like it felt like a significant blindside from a game perspective, but also yes. like, I'm okay with it from a viewer perspective. Like I'm bummed she went home, but I'm not viscerally angry, which I feel like is what I felt last week. I was viscerally angry. Mm-hmm. I think we turned it into humor, but you and I were not in a good place we definitely found the humor in it but we were we were not in a good place it was not good okay as far as the whole episode goes especially compared to last week like I feel like I was so full of complaints and rightfully so I stand by them but this Mm -hmm. week just felt like a much healthier balance of an episode like I felt like it made sense the way that it ended we definitely spent a lot of time on the auction but like it was well worth it it was such a long time coming you can't really cut that short like there's a lot to show like you said I love the changes that we made which we'll talk about shortly so we can get more in depth into those but yeah it just felt like like you said it's like survivory again which Mm -hmm. it was like two weeks ago and then we were like it's terrible and now we're like hey it's back so maybe we were a little quick to judge but that's kind of the point of this podcast is to judge so I would like to know it's kind of hard to find in the internet scape because I don't feel like they credit editors I would like to do some research on who edits the episodes I hate I bet you could do it if you watch the credits yeah because like usually it just goes to the next episode on Paramount Plus but because like on IMDb, it doesn't have like editors listed by episode. Yeah. How I would have tried to crowdsource this information. But I feel like I just need to watch the end credits for the episodes I like and be like, that's the editor I like. Because I have a feeling if I looked. There's a pattern. The same group of people editing the episodes I like and the same group of people editing the episodes I don't. It's just a thought, but I think it's yeah. right. I would support that theory. Let's hear what Stacey had to say. Hey there, it's Stacy. Um, just giving a few of my thoughts on the episode since I can't be there to record again this week. I was very happy to see the auction and I really liked the scavenger hunt to get um, money for the auction instead of just getting it handed to you. I did think it was a little weird how you could lose your vote based on the auction and how um, you kind of like, you pretty much had to spend all your money quickly on one item so that part wasn't as fun you know I've liked in previous auctions where you could actually like get multiple things because you you know you split up your money so that was a little different but overall I was just glad it was back poor Katora sorry about the fish eyes that's unfortunate but I thought it was great and then really my only other thing is just being devastated that Kelly went home and Wow, it was a true blindside. Like, I just, I was so relaxed when they read a few of Jake's um, votes. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what is happening? So, hopefully, she'll get to play again one day. But there goes another one for my draft. So, um, can't wait to be back to talk about the next season, or not the next season, but the next episode. All right, see you later. Is that a confirmation that she'll be back next week? I thought she was coming back in two weeks. Well, I guess this week's Thanksgiving. 
but she's definitely coming back for this season like, i think right. not she'll be back season. during this season exactly yeah. i'm so excited to talk more about the auction but we will get there when we get there same first things first post tribal from last week if you if you remember they were in two groups so they come back to camp in two groups first tribe comes back i think it's drew talking about like it's kind of a mixed vibe they're all really happy that they made the jury but they're like it was a tough decision to send sifu home as we all know we didn't really see much about that decision and i'm still bitter about it so i don't really understand his feelings here but yay you made the jury and then the second tribe comes back and we hear from Jake talking about like his what he calls reckless decision to vote for Julie. And he's like, you know, I really wanted to make a move. I didn't want to follow the herd. But also he recognizes that like, <laughs> oops, now I'm on the outs. And he has a little talk with Julie. He apologizes for lying to her. He explains himself saying basically like, it wasn't a vote against you. It was a vote to keep Caleb. It just happened to go in your direction. Sorry, not sorry. Julie's pretty fed up. She's not going to work with him again going forward. She says lines have been drawn. And she makes a point to say it's feeling like old Bellow versus old Reba now, which feels emphatic for the rest of the episode, perhaps the rest of the season. But I just wanted to point out that that is something that's stated explicitly um because it feels important i mean the emily erasure in that sentence yeah poor emily <laughs> rip rip Arguably one of the most you. powerful people right now in the game but just nope um and then something else that we hear from drew it's from before the second tribe comes back from tribal council or the second like group phase two if you will and he's talking about like what he thinks may have happened and he's anxious to hear how it went and he makes this point to say i don't want bruce to have symbolic victories and like same bro that's my guy like you know i don't love drew but i loved um his way with words in this moment of like i don't want this to go the way that bruce wants it to go symbolically props to drew for that really a couple like great nuggets of lines in this opening sequence and then this isn't really post-tribal but it's the next scene before we get to the auction so they're at camp and it's all the girlies the girlies are pointing out that they have majority six to four and they're discussing that this could be their opportunity to gang up on the men um and the scene is juxtaposed with the boys sitting on the beach talking about food like omelets perhaps um in classic survivor editing fashion of like one half of the people are being really smart and strategic and the other half are talking nonsense like never gets old but they're also talking about how like they need to get bruce out and kelly says bruce has been trying to control me she's very aware of like her proximity to bruce and the fact that he needs to go which the dead horse stop talking about how bruce needs to go if you're not going to get him out but we'll get to that later so that's everything that happens in the top of the episode before all the good stuff aggie do you have anything to say i do I actually wrote so many notes during this section. I don't tend to write that many notes. I mean, you can see how much I wrote for like, yeah, there's like a lot happening. There's a lot at play. So I think first Jake makes a very good point. And he then, and I think they kept it in because it foreshadows his commentary at tribal council, which we'll get to, but he's like, all 10 of you can't be on the top. Like he literally says those words. He's like 10 people can't all be at the top. We can't just stick to the status quo. He even sort of recognizes, he's like, it was reckless to ask Katora to potentially go to rocks. And that's, I think, what he was getting at. He was like, it was reckless for us to ask that of her. But to just sit there and let 10 people all vote together, like, how can you not know that one of you is at the bottom? And I thought that was such a good point because we brought that up last week. We were like, at some point, you are the bottom. Even if there's a top six, 
one of you is six. So to play this game in a way that's actually potentially going to get you to the end, not your group to the end, you have to be willing to sometimes break those alliances, potentially like be willing to do something that's different from the status quo because it gets you further, not your group of six where you are number six. And so I think that was a really good point. Similarly, Julie, I was like, welcome to the game. She turns to Jake when they're having their little like chit chat. And she's like, you're with me till it comes up against your people. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Like that's Survivor. I'm confused. Why are you confused? Why are you mad? That's the game. He was forced to work with you guys because all of his alliance was elsewhere. Uh, yes, of course he was only with you till it comes up against his people. Of course he was. And I know we'll talk about Jake later, but I just think that Jake was so smart to actually talk about this at tribal council of just being like, we can't vote unanimously every single time. Like, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what ended up saving him because Drew had already put a whole other plan in motion. But it's very interesting to me that like Jake was willing to go out on a limb for that because he's like, worst case scenario, I go home and I'm with Caleb. The guy I stuck my neck out for anyway. Like, okay, but someone has to say it. One of you is number 10. So you have to stop doing this. Jake is so interesting because he's so he's like very strategic, but not at all tactful. Yes. There's times when I think he's doing it on purpose. Like when we talk about tribal council and the way oh. that he acts during tribal council, yes. like like, I have so many thoughts. I have so, so many, many thoughts, thoughts, but it's moments like this that I'm like, I, he's on the right track, but he's just like a little bit too bumbling. But sometimes he's so bumbling that I, I'm like, are you? No, I think he's it doing, a ruse? I think some of it is a ruse. Like, I think some of it, he knows exactly what he's doing, but like, he has yeah. such a good grasp on the game. He just has like a couple missteps, but are they to manage his own threat level? Like what? I don't know. I don't know. It's really fascinating. I would love to talk to him like mm. as a human because I just have a lot of questions Yeah, and I'm very intrigued by him and I'm so glad I have him in my top four pick. I would mm -hmm. love it if he made it that far, but honestly, he's just so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about it when we talk about tribal yeah. council because I think there's some good examples. But I think his read on the game, I think is the strongest right now because I also think he's right about Austin playing scared. Yeah. But I think he has the best read on what's happening. He can't get purchased. He is hanging on for dear life. Yeah. And it's just like, it's frustrating to watch because you're like, you actually, I think, do know the most about what's happening here. Other than yeah. maybe Emily. Like, I think he's the second. They just have a weird way of showing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like both of them, it's like, yikes. Yeah. But you can tell it's there. But they both see it and they both get it. And I do appreciate that. And so, but Emily, because she's by herself, has a bit more of a chance to like breathe. Whereas mm -hmm. Jake is in this alliance. He has now crossed enemy lines. Whereas like Emily didn't have enemy, like she didn't have. She didn't have any lines. <laughs> she didn't have any lines to cross because she does like her one ally is already the first member of the jury. So yeah. I think he's in a more precarious spot and he's not necessarily navigating that in the best way. But I think he has a really good read on the game. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. He was my first pick, Team Anna. Woo-woo. Anyway, I also was super excited about the six to four women thing, but then it gets blown up, like, literally not 20 minutes later, so. Okay. E.T.'s time. We knew it was coming. They told us in last week's episode. It's been talked about in the run-up to the season. Like, we knew that the auction was coming back, but it doesn't make the return any less sweet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So here's how it plays out. A boat gets to the camp. They get a message. Kendra reads it out. Kendra does a little dance. 
they, we linger on the dance for a really long time. And then we find out that there's a twist. This is one of three updates to the auction. I'll get to the others momentarily. But the first is that they got to collect their own money, like a little Easter egg hunt. Money is hidden in bamboo tubes, like all around in the trees. Here's the catch. You can only collect one at a time. So if you find a bamboo tube, you have to return it to like your designated basket on the beach. And then you can go back and hunt for another one. And the tubes have different amounts of money in them. So like you might grab two tubes and still have less money than someone who grabbed one. I love this. This is so much fun. The implications of the fact that all the tubes have different amounts is amazing. Do I love the fact that like, yes, someone could end up with nothing? No, but kind of. Yeah, like, kind, kind of. of. I really, really liked this. Here's the thing. There were 40 tubes, right? Yeah. And there's only 10 of them left. So like that's four per person. Mm-hmm. So like even if you only got one, Bruce, I just feel like there were enough that everybody was going to get at least it one. Like, fair. I, it seemed fair. The annoying thing was Bruce not even trying. I got mm, Bruce. I got a lot of beef always with him, but. especially around the auction and his speed at which he moved he is very gen x and he was like y'all don't try very hard and then like didn't try at all to get any money here's my theory because i agree with you but i do think it's some of that like old school survivor mentality of like why would i waste my energy on this when this isn't immunity and this isn't like building a shelter at camp like that was kind of my interpretation of it was that he was just kind of apathetic to the whole thing because like spoiler alert he goes on to win immunity exactly like i also feel like they didn't know there were no advantages but maybe because he has his own idol he was like i don't need anything else yeah why didn't they read more into that i think it was more that like his priorities are just in a different place but it was frustrating nonetheless i'm so annoyed Do we think if he had not lost his vote, he would have tried as hard at the immunity challenge? Yes, I do. I think if he'd gotten yellow for his daughter, Sydney, he probably would have. But I don't think he would have if he had his vote. He was real hung up on that. I don't know. I think I think he would have. It's hard to tell, though, because we haven't seen a fucking individual immunity challenge. Yeah. Okay. Where it's like truly been individual. Okay, back to the auction. So when we actually are approaching, they've all got their tubes, their money tubes, and it's time to go to the auction. We have this cute little montage of like the old Survivor auction and iconic moments and we see all our friends. It's just a lovely little reminder of how wonderful the show is and has been (sighs) in the past. And like, I just can't understate how amazing it was to see Jeff standing behind his little podium table. The music throughout the auction was so good. Anytime like there was about to be a reveal or somebody got something good, like it was so spot on. And now I'm even more curious about what you said about the editors because like this was pure survivor perfection. It was so good. I had goosebumps. Also sidebar, like seeing Jeff behind the table with like his little chart and his chalkboard reminded me of like how much better the show was when we had a good balance of challenges that were like more that style Like when he would make you eat a weird smoothie and like it would be a whole setup and it wasn't just like an obstacle course. Yeah, I miss those. Just like stylistically, it it really broke up up the pattern. So good. But anyway, like I said before, Jeff tells us that the Survivor auction is back and it's been updated in three ways, even though I think it was technically four ways. One of them, as we know, was you have to hunt for your money in your tubes. The second 
there are no advantages. Thank you for telling us up front, Jeff. We don't want hoarders. Perfect. Yes. Appreciate it. I thought still maybe there would be like advantages like hidden in the food, but I like that there are none. Like just make it food based. Or a toothbrush, you know? Love it. We love it. Or toothbrush, but things that you must consume within that time. Um, The next update is Jeff says there's a max of 15 items. Only the first five are guaranteed. And after that point, Jeff has drawn a number out of a bag between six and 15 for how many items are left. He does not reveal this. So basically like the auction can end without warning after the first five items, like maybe there's six, maybe there's 15, maybe there's nine, maybe there's 12. We don't know. They don't know. The auction will end at any point. Third update, which is actually the fourth update. Once the auction ends, whoever has the most money left over loses their vote at the next tribal council. I love this. (laughs) Like I love all of this, but I especially love this because Combined with the fact that there's no advantages, like it eliminates any possibility that people are going to try to just sit on their money. In the hope that the last thing is an idle clue or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Or even something like holding out for something better, which there's still a way that you can do that, but you run more of a risk. So you're not just sitting there like having people bid $20 on like the best item the way that I feel like we used to see or people being like I'd like to keep my money please it's so tricky right because the things we loved about the auction was people really going after it and potentially I think Stacy brought this up in her initial thoughts like being able to get more than one item which I love this is like a riff on the fact that Jeff tells you all the time the auction will end without warning yeah. it's always been that way there's just a penalty yeah. if you don't spend your money which Stacey, I think, brought up, brought up a good point. It did have people bidding all of their money immediately on a thing they mm-hmm. wanted to the point where it was like not as exciting because people didn't bid back and forth. I think that was kind of missing from the actual auction itself because it wasn't really an auction. It was like, yeah, I'm spending all my money. Which also, I think the fact that they all had different amounts hindered that yes, too. Yes, 100%. Like it would have helped if the people who had more weren't bidding at all but if they all had equal then perhaps we would yeah so I feel like that I liked the updates because I think it gave it a sense of like purpose freshness freshness yes 100% but I was a little bit like yeah but we're not actually this is not an auction this is just someone being like take my money this is just shopping (laughs) yeah it's just (laughs) shopping (laughs) I think there were a few at the beginning when people weren't trying to get rid of their money right away Mm -hmm. that it was like okay let's bid a little bit And Mm -hmm. then people realized like, oh, wait, if I just spend all my money on the one item that I'm kind of interested in, I will eat and I will be out of the running to have the most money left. So I think, I think for like the first two or three people were like, oh, okay, like we can kind of play the game. And then it was like, oh no, like every single one of these, which Jeff, I will, we will vibe check you later. But it was kind of like, is this the last one? And people were freaking out. So they were like, I'm just going to spend all my money. I wonder if if he had just said, like, the auction will end without warning, whoever has the most money at the end, you lose your vote. Like, that, the the point still stands. But if he, if he had just said it ends without warning instead of, like, this is how many items are for sure. And then it could be this and blah, blah, blah. Like, like he said too much almost. I think he gave them too much information and they were like, okay, I just got to get it. I wish he just – I wish it had just yeah. been the same. The only twist being when you have money left, if you have the most left, you lose your yeah. vote. But I wish it had just been like, and with that, the auction is over. We are being very nitpicky, like overall. It was so great to I, have. Please keep it. Don't ever take like, it away no com- Like, I, I don't want to say no notes, but no complaints. I have a couple notes, but I'm 
overall incredibly happy to see it. You may never take it back now. You've brought it back. It has to stay. I'm so sorry. It must stay. That was the best time I've had watching this show in a while. Oh, love it. Okay. So just a quick rundown of what happens at the auction. These are our amounts of money in order of who has the most. D has $900. Austin has $700. Kelly has $700. Drew had $520. Emily had $500. Katura had $480. Julie had $420. Blaze it. Kendra had $360. Jake had $340. And Bruce had a measly $80. Yikes. So we start the auction. We have lots of things. Kendra goes first. She gets beer and pretzels. The next item is fries and a Coke, which Kelly gets. The next item is covered and Emily bids on it. And it ends up being charcuterie and wine, which like how topical. (laughs) I wish it had been all like millennial items. (laughs) How chuggy can the auction be? Exactly. Next is D with a chocolate milkshake. Couture goes next. It's covered. She bids on it. She's like, it's going to be something bad. Jeff then gives her the option to take something else. She doesn't. She takes the first one. And it is giant fish eyes. They're so large. Yeah. yeah. She does not want them. So then Austin buys them. The next one is the option that Jeff gave Katura to trade, which Drew ends up bidding on. It is a bowl of candy, which Drew was the perfect person for this to go to because he was so uninterested. He's like, I don't want this. In like a classic Drew way. He's. I'm warming up to him. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Next is a giant slice of pizza that goes to Austin. Then Julie bids to get oral hygiene, toothbrush, toothpaste, mouthwash. Next is a chocolate cake that they have to eat in like 30 seconds. And whoever bids on it, which is Jake, can share it with two others. He shares it with Julie, who has clean mouth now, and Bruce. And then the final item is a PB&J sandwich, potato chips, and a margarita. That doesn't go with PB&J, but whatever. And that goes to Kelly. And that is the last item, which means that Bruce, who still has his $80, has the most money left at the end. So he loses his vote. Yum, 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 yum. I have a rapid fire later about which item you would want to bid on. So Ooh, okay, I'll keep that. I that's all for now. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. I'll keep it. I'll keep it in uh, mind. And I'm sure there's some vibe checks. There's so many vibe checks. Like, it's just not the time to maybe vibe check Jeff for the auction, but he was out of pocket. I think my favorite part was the chocolate cake because that was fat kid energy that I could, like, really get behind. Like, I would have devoured that Except for Bruce eating it by the fingertip. Julie and Jake said, I'm eating this cake. And Bruce said, I don't care about anything this episode, which is the opposite of how you've been every other episode. It gave that old school player mentality of like, if I eat this, it's just going to make me sick and I've been fine up until this point. So why would I like ruin what I've got going on? It is so little fun to watch. Yeah. I've never had less fun watching someone. But that's the auction. So glad it's back. So glad Hope to see it again. No, no. We will see it again. I'm refusing to acknowledge a place where we don't have it anymore. I just can't do that. Okay, so after the auction, we go back to camp and we get some Kendra backstory. She tells us about how like drinking the beer at the auction, she did like a little cheers to her dad. Um, And then we get some backstory about like her relationship with her biological father who she met when she was 18. And I guess like he loved beer or they shared beer. 
something about the whole thing uh, did they like meet at a bar it. when she finally talked to him in person or something that might have it was a it. confusing way that beer was related but like but also like you were 18 so like were you allowed to be drinking a beer it's it's a little unclear but the story was nice and this was perhaps the most perfectly integrated backstory we've seen like i know we had beef with the way that they did jake's but the timing of that also felt really good but this one seemed perfect mm-hmm. like it made sense with its placement in this season in this episode like it wasn't kendra's backstory and then kendra went home it was just like we had this nice moment narratively it seamlessly fits in so we're gonna put it right here and i just think they should take a lesson from what they've done if you just let them talk <laughs> i'm certain the thing you want to highlight will be highlighted and it if, will come up and if they don't maybe it doesn't need to be exploited a concept anyway we get kendra's backstory thanks kendra and then we hear a bit from emily talking about like do i stick with this women's alliance that's forming or do I stick with Austin and Drew, who she also had an alliance with? And she says, I'm going to go with the boys. Classic girly, me too. <laughs> it's a pick me girl move, but <laughs> like, like, do you girly? <laughs> toxic trait. I love it. But she reveals to Drew. I mean, it is the better move, but whatever. She reveals to Drew that there is this all girls thing going on. And then Drew takes that information. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go start to build some better relationships with the women, especially Katura, who spoiler alert (laughs) wants to get bruce out no what no crazy shocking but drew is essentially like you take the lead on this i'm with you yeah let's get bruce out so the vote is shaping up to be bruce and drew is shaping up to be pretty smart that is one thing i will give drew i almost feel like he's gonna end up being my castaway the week this week which is shocking he's mine coming from my team captain over here but um Jake and Emily know what's going on because they're paying attention. Drew Mm -hmm. is able to use the information he's given to his best advantage. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think he has his thumb on the pulse because he's so well protected. No, he wouldn't have known this if Emily hadn't told him. Like, because he's so well protected in his little alliance. Like, he doesn't think to go seeking out information. But when information comes to him, he's very smart about what he does with it. And I think here he's like, oh, if that is what the girls want, perfect. We can vote with them and flush his idol and some of us can vote for someone else two birds one stone like this is actually great i should have known from the fact that we were getting that edit there that he won immunity like why would it go exactly how i as the viewer and they as the tribe want it to go Mm -hmm. they can't dakuwaka does not get what they want no dakuwaka never forget that's their name forgetting i need to bring it up always remember when we used to spend like an entire scene on them picking out the merge tribe name well it is a scene anna it's on at C- CBS. No, but it Survivor. used to be like no, no. a significant part of the no, episode. No, I remember. Remember when they named their tribe America? I do too. It's haunting. Remember when they named their tribe the name of the tribe backwards or whatever it was? Oh, but yeah, I do remember that. Yikes. I have to go. <laughs> I'm so glad we make ourselves laugh, Anna. Honestly, you can't rely on anybody for anything. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. <laughs> Anyway, the vote is going to be Bruce. So we go to the challenge. And of course, Bruce wins immunity. But the challenge is hold the rope. That's not what it's called. That's what I'm calling it. And stepping back at regular intervals. I know I say this a lot for someone who's not like that athletically inclined. But I feel like I could be really good at this challenge. 
like I've been taking TRX classes and we do, we like hold it. You lean back on your heels and you pull yourself up with your, with one arm at a time. Like I have practiced this. So you're perfect and you should go on the show. So like, I'm going to win immunity. Anyway, I also <laughs> that's the challenge. I just my name that they got to switch arms in between. Yeah, knots. not cool. So I feel like it wasn't really a challenge until you didn't have a knot to hold on to. Yeah. I'm not trying to take things away from people. Like I'm sure it was still heavy, but I just feel like because you got to switch arms, like I feel like just dissociate mm-hmm. and do five minutes. Was it? Were they holding like some percentage of their body weight? Also? It was one was third of, of their pre-game body weight, but they've also only been playing for 15 days. So yeah, and they just had food at the auction. Not that that would have done anything, but like, so that's the challenge. Spoiler alert, Bruce wins. Spoiler but we alert. also, prior to the challenge, have the return of the rice negotiation. But because that's now part of the show, Anna. We can't not have a rice negotiation. Apparently, Jeff has said, <laughs> no, that's part of the show now. So it is a part of the new era. But this time there's a twist, which is that it's not a negotiation of how many people need to step forward. I think it was last time we saw it. And they're like, Jeff, how about three people? And he's like, fat chance. (laughs) Fat Um, chance. Fat chance. (laughs) So Jeff says, I need four people to volunteer to step out. They start to deliberate and maybe like one person steps forward. And then Jeff pulls out a knife and stabs the bag of rice. And when I tell you the scream I scrumped, mm-hmm. I was so shocked. I loved it. I mean, I still hate rice negotiation as a whole, but I liked this added level of stakes. Yeah. And I liked seeing Jeff stab the bag of rice with a knife. Um, this, of course, means that the rice starts to fall out of the bag and those playing are now forced to deliberate a little bit quicker because they're losing rice. So people step forward faster. It ends up being, I think, Emily, Katora, Jake, and Drew? Is no, Emily and D step out right away, right? Emily and D. It's D, right? I don't know. I didn't write it down. it down. Yeah, D and Emily do it immediately. And then Jeff brings out the knife. This is now going to be the second time that I reference this in this season of Survivor Alone. But you know the episode of Spongebob where they're stuck on the boat with Mr. Krabs and they're like, but what about the food? Because he's like, we're going to stay here till we catch the big clam. And they're like, there's so many sandwiches. And then Mr. Krabs goes, not a sandwich, the sandwich. And he dumps the rest of them overboard. This, I swear to God, I referenced this when we were talking about the sandwich uh, sandwich gate with Austin. Yeah. But that this also reminds me of that. Yeah. That's the end of my point. It just like the way he chose to do this. Like, hold on. There's a very, I just sent you a tweet that was my favorite. Oh, is that what you sent? But no, I'm sending you another one that was also my favorite. Mockumentary edit with Drew versus Drew perfect. just fully looking in the camera when he looks about at it. The it was camera. so funny. But this one is my other favorite. I'm sending it to you right now. Um, it was in that moment, by the way, that I turned a corner on Drew. Yeah, same. It was the gym edit to the camera. I was like, Drew gets it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of team Drew now. <laughs> it's the imagery of Jeff just like being regular Jeff and being like and then Jeff knife. with a knife. There's a really like, funny screen so grab of it there. too. Someone tweeted, I'm trying to find it. There's a very funny screen grab of it because it's just him being like <laughs> it's so funny. It's this of Emily dancing in a millennial plaque that says, Wine a little, laugh a lot. <laughs> 
no someone also tweeted emily getting wine and cheese and it says girl dinner <laughs> honestly the tweets for this episode were top tier we should make a roundup maybe on the uh on the gram because so many of them anybody want to sit out <laughs> Like, they're so funny. I want to find, like, five of the most iconic photos of Jeff and just Photoshop a knife into all of them. <laughs> Can you put a knife in the pizza box from Two and a Half Men? <laughs> yes. But also, this one, $440 for a charcuterie board in the sauna economy sounds about right. Like, so funny. The tweets were... You're not wrong. The tweets were perfect. Where are we in our chat about this challenge? Because so much happened. <laughs> That's a really good night. question. We're talking about the rice negotiation. The capital R rice, capital N negotiation. Um, because that TM. <laughs> TM. Like, Copyright. I gotta go. <laughs> the thing is, like, that is not what I wrote the most notes on. Like, I put a lot of vibe checks for Jeff. But, like, that mm-hmm. actual part of the episode, I just feel like the editing team needs some shouts out here. The edit of the bro the breaking the pelican to see the immunity necklace right behind it was sick second but why didn't we do that the first time we saw the necklace like, i don't why know are we but doing it, it was lit it was lit second at one point jeff asks bruce like how he's doing and he does the like cowabunga hand and they full-on put like yacht rock music behind it and it was so important to me <laughs> like the editing this episode was, was on top point. tier it was top tier like I was cackling I was like I'm sorry you fully switched out of the immunity no like sounds to put this like do like it was it was too much like I was like what is happening but it was so you know what funny. other sound was added this episode that really was expert but like in the worst way when Austin was eating the fish eye they added like squelching noises but also it was kind of iconic old school survivor vibes it was great it was giving jeff i hated it but it was great vibes it was like we haven't had jeff smoothies in a while so like we'll just kind of give you the noises of a jeff smoothie in the auction and i was kind of like okay work honestly the editing of this episode i could say so many good things it just was great i i know it's not time to vibe check jeff but he calls bruce a second timer Mm, are we doing that stop calling him that yeah. I wrote in my notes, Ozzy's second time was after he came in second place. Like, they're just not equivalent. So, like, why are we pretending like they are? Well, technically, I think, you know, we've shortened the game. So, the 12 hours that Bruce was out there was really, like, like four days. days. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, I um, I think, like, the only person who is, like, a second timer who would also not been there very long was Francesca, right? Like, she was first out and then she was first out again when she did Redemption Island or whatever. I don't think yes. anyone else they've brought back has been there one episode. No, I don't think so. She may be the only one. I feel other like than most Bruce. of the people we have brought back over time make it to the merch. Well, and like she was on a season where half of the cast had been brought back. So it was under different circumstances. Yes. Like had we just brought her back willy nilly. Weird. So would we have made it a big deal? Probably not. No, it's giving. It wouldn't have brought her back. It's giving. He's a man. And that's why we care. And I just don't. Also, he's not a second timer, so stop calling it that. Stop. Yeah, I'm with you on it. I really am. But T- Bruce is on Team Anna. Like, I know. So I have I to. Know. But so is Drew. I can't on fully Aggie. root that against. Doesn't mean we have to blindly support them. Even though I am turning a corner, but you know what I mean. Like you don't have to blindly support yeah, your yeah. team. Some of them were there because they were left. In the draft. <laughs> to be fair, he was last. He was my last pick. Yeah, Drew was last Rip. overall. Here I am. <laughs> kind of wishing I had him on my team. He's, he's a better use of my time than I thought he was going to be. Anyway, 
moral of the story is Bruce wins immunity, which means we got to come up with a new plan. So we get back to camp. It's time to deliberate. We can't vote out Bruce like we wanted. So the target shifts to Jake because Jake was already slightly on the outs for the whole Julie thing. And he's Bruce's closest ally. Like he and Bruce have been buddy buddy since the beginning because they're both like from Boston. And that was kind of it. But the tricky part of it is what if Bruce plays his idol on Jake? And then they've got a situation. So I think Emily is the person to like voice that concern, which I'm sure they were all thinking it and probably all talking about it. But I always think it's significant to mention like, okay, we as the viewer heard this part of the plan come from X person. Um, So that's what we hear from Emily. And then we hear from Kelly and Kelly says, well, it could be me because of her proximity to, to Bruce. Everybody knows that they've been like, quote unquote, allies. We've heard from Kelly that she's really sick of Bruce. But from an outside perspective, like they are always kind of together talking, fraternizing. Jake thinks that people are trying to trip him up by asking what his plan is, like getting him to throw a name out. Really, I think they were just wondering what Jake was going to do. But I can understand his perspective on that. So he starts to look very publicly for an idol. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, Jake's looking for an idol. He's being bold. He's just doing it. That's crazy. What are we going to do? And then we hear from Drew, again, being very specific about who we hear this plan come from as the viewer. And Drew says, what if instead of dogpiling the vote on Jake, we just vote for Kelly instead? Kelly's afraid that the vote would ricochet to her anyway because she's next in line. But Drew points out, actually, she's just really powerful. And why would we not get her out right now we'll deal with the whole bruce splitting the votes with jake to get to uh to flush the idol and get one of them out later we'll deal with that next week let's just get kelly out and it's a smart plan because she does have power it's such a smart plan it weakens bruce it weakens old bellow it also it weakens the women's alliance it weakens the women's alliance it also keeps jake around to split the votes for bruce next week like it is so smart yeah like drew i'm very snaps impressed. for drew Like, I'm very impressed. Here's the thing. We all kind of knew he was kind of cerebral in this way, but it was coming off as like pompous and a little bit like you're a know-it-all. And then he pulls this out and I'm like, oh, just kidding. I'll maybe take back some of my earlier statements. You maybe do kind of have some good gameplay here. Also, not for nothing, him and Austin pulled in Emily. Yeah. They planted that seed ages ago and it has bore fruit, if you will. So is that, how do you say that? Born fruit? bore fruit it has you bear it you bore to bear to bear i bore bore. i think i bore it i don't know i'm tired yeah i feel that um we're almost done it's time to talk about tribal council we gotta we got to gotta so the last thing that we really hear is drew being like what if we just vote out kelly i don't recall seeing him communicate this to anyone maybe i skipped over it because i watched when i watched on wednesday I only saw the second half of the episode live. And then when I rewatched, I watched the first half and then I kind of fast forwarded through some stuff that I had already seen. So I can't remember if he then shares this information, if we see that. Doesn't he talk about it with Austin D and Ju- I think he does. And Julie and D are not really on board because they are kind of thinking like, maybe we vote with the girls to get out Jake. Mm, okay. But in the end, they do it anyway. Right. But the thing they show, Anna, I think the point here is the thing they show is them being resistant to the plan, not being like, okay, yeah, cool. We'll change our mind. Right. But we do see him tell at least a couple people. Yeah. Because otherwise the votes would have felt really random to be like, how did Drew get that together? Yeah. 
You had to show and tell at least one other person that wasn't Jake. I couldn't remember if we did. We did. He did. He talked to his alliance, his Reba alliance. He's so smart. You're so smart, Drew. Wow, we're really, we're giving him a lot of credit today. Drew, I hope you're listening. I have to make up for how mean I've been. It's okay. Which has been really mean. <laughs> like, not even just about his game, just about him. <laughs> yeah, vibe, you were like, not you as a person. Like, get out. <laughs> anyway, we get to tribal council. Caleb looks clean. <gasps> he looks so fresh. Wait, Anna, the way that is my first note. With hard eyes emoji. His hair looks perfect. The hard eyes emoji. He looks great. So good. He's so happy. He's so young. Oh, beautiful man. Anyway, that's (laughs) that's so irrelevant to anything that happens. Ugh. Um, Bruce does a bit of showboating. He brags a bit about I don't even fucking remember. I do. It's part of I feel like it's more a Jeff thing. But he does that thing where he's like, hey, Jeff, has this ever happened before? And Jeff's like, let me check my list. No, no. He goes, Jeff, before we start, like, I want to check the history books. Like, how many times has the person without a has lost their vote? One. I mean, he stumbles over the words so badly. Yeah. And then Jeff goes, hmm, let me look and pretends to page through the history books and goes, well, I think it's just you. Like, that is a Jeff problem and a Bruce problem. Yeah, they're a bad combo. And I hated it for both reasons. Yeah, and that's what kicks off Tribal Council. So we're we're already off to a rough start. We then talk a lot about the rice negotiation and just like, how do you decide to step out and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like nothing that interesting. And then we get into Jake because Jake goes to answer Jeff's question. And he like, he's doing this thing where he's being like extra thoughtful with his word choice I was nervous that he was going to pass out again because that's like the way that he wasn't able to get his words out seemed like something was happening but then he plays it off like he's he's trying to answer Jeff's question while at the same time using it as an opportunity to make a pitch for himself and eventually he comes right out because Jeff is like that's okay take your time like you'll get there he's like you'll get there actually Jeff can I make a pitch for myself he does this it's really awkward it's not smooth but this is what I was talking about when we were talking about Jake before of like it's almost so awkward that it seems like he's doing it intentionally so that when he goes to bluff his idol later in tribal council Mm -hmm. it seems like he does it because he's been struggling to get his words out I felt like the beginning, he was trying to weigh up, like, how much is it really going to be me? And even if he mm-hmm. was faking that, I think he did a really believable job about it. Because I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Like, you could be struggling because you're kind of like, do I say it or do I not? Like, oh, it could have been totally genuine. Yeah. But the thing that kind of made me be like, wait, is Jake just a really good actor? Is when he, near the end, says, my idol. And then like, oh, yeah. sorry. Like that felt so beautifully done that I was like, I feel like only a yeah. lawyer could have accomplished that. It's giving Elle Woods. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, yeah. Cause I do think it made people be like, oh, he's actually like, what's happening? But I don't know. I, yeah. Like he really is blundering. Yeah. Like he really is blundering. No, what's the word? Bumbling through it. Bumbling. Like that's the one. Yeah. Like it just felt like, oh wait, is he actually like how much of this is rehearsed? How much is not? And I thought that was so exciting yeah. to not know. And I really couldn't tell until he said my idol, which obviously, like, we know he doesn't have anything. And he played it off really well. Yeah. Like, I was so impressed. I was like, come through, Jake. Like, work. I also, Mm -hmm. I just think the point of what he has to say, I know I brought this up at the beginning, but the point of what he has to say is so true. Where he finally is like, 
he says something like, if you're nine, you're at the bottom. And he starts to say it. And he owns his choice about Julie. He's like, I wanted to play where I didn't feel like we had to all go along with the same thing every time. Like, I just don't think that's actually playing Survivor. And I appreciated that. And then Jeff like throws in a question. He's like, D, how confident are you about what's going to happen tonight? And D goes, right now, the vote feels united. And Jake literally says, it's shocking how many of you think you're on top right now. Yeah. And I was like, thank you. Someone needed to say it. Someone else tweeted. They were like, not Jake fully calling out that the United votes are really boring to watch. Like someone like, thank you. As As a viewer, I was like, yes, I almost wish they'd said it last week because that's what our biggest issue was with the episode last week is it was boring to watch as a viewer. I can't imagine how boring it is to play. Like, I feel like that was what people's like frustration with Rob when he finally wins. Like when Boston Rob finally wins, it was so boring to watch because he just marched his little minions down the road and no one fought back ever and I'm not saying that I'm not happy that Boston Rob finally won like you know me like I'm a Boston Rob girly but it was like this is boring man yeah it's boring I wish we would add another element to the game the way that we used to where like if you had a vote against you at any point in the game like it could come back later yeah as a consequence like if it came to a tie like something like that that will incentivize people to be less afraid to defer from the majority and be on the wrong side of the vote. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want it to go so far that then people are just throwing rogue votes out for people. But, like, that's what it used to be. And it's more interesting. Because there's so much fear of not being in the majority. Yeah, because it's like in season one, when alliances hadn't really started, four people voted for one person and everybody else voted for someone different. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I would take maybe this over that. But, like, yeah, there was a fear of, like, not getting a vote thrown on you. But it also meant that you could like throw a rogue vote somewhere just to be like, hey, now I'm not the only one with my name on a piece of paper. Or like to truly just to truly just spite someone. Yeah. To be like, I know that this is not the person going home. I'm gonna symbolically throw my vote on them anyway to show where I stand. Like you would never do that now. Yeah. I feel like there's a season later even where someone's like, I just didn't want you to have a perfect game. Like, if you win, you can't say you had a perfect game because someone voted for you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, LOL. I love that. (laughs) Like, it's so fun. It's so petty. It's so fun. But yeah. Survivor should be a petty game. It a little bit should be. Um, The rest of Tribal Council is like a lot of vague, general, like, Survivor themes about like, how can you really know what's going on? Like, we, we don't really know anything, which is unhelpful for yeah, discussion but exciting. like after yeah. jake's commentary like i don't need to hear another person at tribal council be like it, we, we we really don't know what's gonna happen until we read the votes like duh so we go to vote jake ends up playing his shot in the dark he is not safe um but it doesn't matter anyway because the votes are not for him mm-hmm. i mean there's a couple votes for him but the majority of the votes are for kelly yeah and kelly is blindsided and it's so good it's so good like her reaction is so good she's pissed she's so mad also i love how stacy brought up in her initial thoughts that kelly like she and kelly both like kind of exhaled when they read three votes for jake like oh it's all for jake and i mm-hmm. wrote my notes jeff knew what he was doing reading three votes for jake first because yeah. I felt this like shift where he was like Jake and then he was like Kelly and I was like the rest of these votes are for Kelly 100% as soon as you read the first one for Kelly you knew you knew and I was like oh I also wrote yeah. in my notes this is Bruce's fault because here's the thing he didn't have a vote so he just 
lifted himself out of the conversation. He didn't try and figure out who the vote was going to be. He didn't try it. Like Bruce did nothing to ensure mm-hmm. his own alliance stayed around. But I think because he had no vote, he just fully l- pulled himself out of any conversation. I'm telling you, it's because Bruce is an old school player, but like in the worst way. Yes. Where he's like, if I don't have to worry about voting tonight, this is great. I don't have to worry about it. I'm going to sit back, relax, see what happens. Like that's such an old school mentality instead of being like, okay, how can I influence this without having to be involved? Yeah. I also feel like he has been going around being like, Kelly's my number one. Kelly's my number one. You didn't want to try and make sure your number one stuck around. He also didn't even seem that sad. I think in his mind, Kelly was his number one because she wanted to be with him and not because he needed her. Like in his mind- Kelly was his sidekick. I cannot watch another minute of him. I can't. I can't do it. Like, I'm not interested in watching him play Survivor anymore. Who knew that Bruce would be the villain? The accidental villain. He did this to himself. And also, he did this to Bello. Because now, Jake, Katora, and Kendra are the only ones left. Katora, K- Kendra has been shocked by every vote. She has never not... <laughs> Truly. She has, Truly. She has never shocked. not sat there like... <gasps> A tribal council mm-hmm. every vote has been she has been in the opposite direction maybe kendra's in the final three as like a goat i feel like she might be i actually low-key think she could be it's time to vibe check jeff aggie what do you got i know you got something multiple something so many i feel like i've been dropping seeds throughout i wrote more vibe checks for jeff in this episode than i have all season total dang he was out of pocket Anna, I have at least 20. Would you like to use one of yours? Because I have like 25. You just do yours and then I'll fill in any gaps I feel like have not been addressed. Amazing. So for, first is when Jeff very adamantly said, let's birth a new auction. His use of birth is back. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Ugh. Oh, yeah. He says, let's birth a new auction. And this is not the first time he's used that particular word where it should not be used and with such fervor. And I wish I could remember the last time he did it. It was definitely a new era where he was like, we're going to we're going to birth the game or something, something weird. Like, I hate that image. Um, So that's number one. Uh Number two is when Emily is enjoying her charcuterie, doing her little Mm -hmm. dancey dance. And Jeff just looks at her and goes, who are you? That's top of the list. Top of the list. (laughs) Yeah, that was... I'm so glad you feel the same That way. was top of the list. So seriously. I was like, Jeffrey? No. My biggest one other than that at the auction was him reminding them every time after five that it could be the last item or drawing it out to make <laughs> Kelly or Bruce stress every time. It was too much. I didn't care for it. I also... Mm-hmm. The sand timer's back in the most annoying way to like do the cake eating. And he's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to pull it when the last green of shan drops. Like, get as much cake in your freaking mouth as possible. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. But I think the most, he was out of pocket the most at the immunity challenge. Here's three examples. Oh, God. Here's three examples. First, he goes, I just think coming off an auction, maybe you've forgotten what hunger feels like. When talking about the rice <laughs> negotiation, he says that. And it's like, you've had one auction, half of them didn't have the merge feast. Of course, they haven't forgotten what hunger looks feels like. You're actually insane. Yeah, dude. Then he goes. Also, you gave them like three cheese cubes and a piece of candy. Like, <laughs> and then. They've digested it. Then 
he has the absolute gall to be like, it's time for the rice negotiation, which no one asked for. It used to be something you brought up and he would be like, okay, let me think about it. He's like, no, 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 we are having one. Here's my knife. I'm actually going to make it faster and harder. Like, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And then during the challenge, this is the one that I think I hated the most. During the (laughs) challenge, Jake when they switch arms or whatever, go down to the next knot, Jake had his arm bent instead of straight. And so Jeff like obviously calls him out for this. And he's like, Jake, Mm -hmm. straight arms. And Jake's like, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. And he goes, anything that would make this less uncomfortable is not allowed. That's the basic rule on a survivor challenge. And he is cackling as he says this, like an evil demon. Mm -hmm. Like it is, it's devil on the shoulder energy that I just didn't need. And then he yelled straight arms at least seven more times throughout the challenge. And I was like, shh, be quiet. Oh, oh, wait, last one. There were so many. In tribal council, they're talking about the rice negotiation, which you have written in your notes of we talk about the rice negotiation. I just don't care. Then Jeff has the gall when someone was like, remember when you pulled out a knife? He was like, I don't like being predictable. <laughs> and I said, this Not is like other girls. Here's the thing. I was like, this is what's wrong with new, new era survivor, though that's what's wrong with it and i've nailed it in one sentence and you said it about yourself so i'm done but stop stop it's okay to be predictable if the thing that was predictable before was good yeah all of survivor is predictable it's called having a formula and a basis for for your seasons and you said never mind although i did like the knife i can't even lie (laughs) it was hilarious but i was like jeff what that was a lot of vibe checks. You can cut some of those out and post if you'd like. I just feel like. Mm, no, I think I'm going to leave them. <laughs> of all the things to cut, that's not top of my list. They, I wrote so many down. It was out of pocket. It was out of pocket. Anyway, sorry. Love it. Okay. Next segment. Moving on. Cast away the week. I've said it already and I'll say it again now. I'm I'm picking Drew. This is. Can you. Did you ever it. think I you'd never see thought you would do this. I have been so mean to Drew. As you know, if you've been so listening. Mean. It's just, just like disproportionately mean to what we've seen of him on the show. And I stand by my feelings. Like I'm not completely changing my feelings, but I will say that I've definitely turned a corner on Drew as far as he exists in the game. I feel like I talked a lot already about my reasons this week. And I think you have him as your castaway of the week as well. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I think he really showed us that he's actually thinking about the game in a productive way. Instead of just saying, like, I'm smarter than these people because I went to Ivy League. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big fan of Drew this week. Yeah. I found him humorous, which I haven't found him yet. Also, like some of his little quirks and like the way that he looks at the camera and the way he speaks have really actually bothered me in previous episodes. And this week I found myself um, having a little chuckle. So thanks, Drew. I think this week he finally grew into his final form as Jim on The Office. But I hate I hate The Office. But Jim is the record. best part. I guess. Okay. Well, we we fundamentally disagree on the office culture. So like, I'll just continue to cry. I'll let about you say that. your piece. I'm so sorry. You go. I'm like going to continue to cry about that later because like you hate the office. I mean, granted, I only like seasons two through five, but like that's a conversation for a different day. But I will say, I think he grew into like, oh, like he is having fun with this. I feel like up until this point, he'd felt very serious. And so then his comments were frustrating because you were like, you're being really serious. And like, this game is unserious, right? Like, you know that, you know, it's unserious. Like you're, 
you're pretending to be part of a social experiment on an island like yeah and they take your food (laughs) heard but like it's like a little unserious you're playing for a million dollars and all you have to like not all you have to do like it does sound hard but I don't know it's just like it doesn't give like this really serious vibe and you are taking it like really seriously and the number of edits of him just like staring in the camera as he picks up something right behind Bruce and being like this Mm. guy like I was just like oh he is funny he just hasn't been given or the way that he has been talking hasn't showed that like he is a funny person he does have funny perspective because everything that has been asked of him up until this point has been like very very serious I think I am gonna pick Drew also I should my only thing is I'm like should I pick Jake because I do feel like he's on borrowed time and I don't know how many more episodes I'm gonna have to pick him I mean I did that last week and he's still here so I know, but I don't have the same track record as you with that. Do you know what I mean? Like I picked, like I picked Kelly, and then she went home. So like, I don't know. I do think it. If I, you pick Jake, he's gonna go home. So don't. That's pick what Jake. I'm saying. Like I'll pick Drew because I do think it was his episode. Jake didn't have say in the vote. I think that's what's gonna tip me in the scale of Drew. Drew is the one who orchestrated this. It was like Jake kind of had the same idea, and Jake did a beautiful job at trial. So like, shout out to him. But I think because of the way the vote went down, I think you have to give credit to Drew for that. And he has backup plans on backup plans for how to get rid of Bruce. So I just feel like he's doing a good job. And we've said a lot of it. So I'm not going to sit here and like, what is it? Lead a dead horse or follow a dead horse to water? Follow a dead horse to water. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm fully just making fun of him at this point. And it's not very nice. All right. Well, we'll grab Stacey's Castaway of the Week when she's back. If she recalls them, we'll add them to our little chart so that we can really see who the winner was in the end. You know what we didn't discuss? The fact that Austin now has a second idol because Kelly is gone. (gasps) You're absolutely right. Okay. So like we're saying it right now, but like it wasn't his plan. Like he wasn't trying to get out Kelly. Oh my God. But his amulet's now an idol. I forgot to bring this up, but I, yeah. That could have huge repercussions. He now has two. What's the good, what's good repercussions? Ripple effect? Implications? Yeah, ripple effect, implications. Repercussions makes it seem bad. I just mean like yeah, but it's going to have effect on the game. Mm-hmm. He now has two idols that go till final five. Dang, it needs to be noted so you can just throw it in at the end if you want because it yeah, was I forgot to bring it up. I forgot to bring it up, but I saw someone tweet something about that, and then I was like, oh, wait, they're so right. Like with Kelly gone, and it wasn't ever brought up because that was not Austin's reason for trying to vote her out. Mm-hmm. I'm like sure we'll reason- hear from him next week fringe benefit you now have a second idol dang okay i forgot and then it just came to me in the moment i was like we have to put this on somewhere anyway okay um and then i have just one rapid fire which is of all the auction items which one would you have bid on i mean assuming that you have enough money for this to be the item that you get this is kind of hard actually because there were like more than one thing that I would want I mm-hmm. low-key think the best thing was the I know it doesn't go together like I don't know why we're serving a margarita with PB&J but like that was the most appetizing one like the PB&J um, looked really good most substantial it felt substantial it felt like a whole meal because like earlier Kelly had fries and a coke which I'm sure was good but like that wasn't a meal that was like a whole the fries meal. didn't look that good either the fries look bad the I was like I don't want that didn't look good I feel like maybe they smelled really good do you know what I mean probably I feel like people were like mm, yeah so I feel like that mm-hmm. would have been, but I also would have been stressed because it was like the last item to go to come up. So I feel like I would have been very stressed. I also just need to say, I think I would have been really tempted by the toothbrush because Hell, I wonder yeah. if you got to keep it. Probably not, but still. Like what if? 
what if I feel like when they've had other team things like that like not the bath but I feel like they took back soap and stuff you know what I mean like they didn't get to take yeah. the bathtub with them but I feel like they got to take extra soap and stuff like that would be a or like also bring back like the Charmin and stuff rewards let them have a shower like they make the shower and then the best shower gets supplies for the shower like bring back those things. so good Ugh. or like winning toilet paper I can't even imagine how much even better like life would build feel. an SOS on your beach yeah and then God, get that some toilet so paper good. like ugh, I mm. miss early survivor sometimes it, I remember it fondly um I think I'm gonna have to go chocolate cake it did look really good I don't even really love chocolate cake but I feel like it would give you like the carb and the sugar that would like give you a really solid boost of energy and you would get to pick two people to share it with which would give you uh no pun intended but brownie points i mean it's a cake not a brownie but whatever i liked it anyway well that brings us to the end of this episode (laughs) this was fun much less chaotic than last week which honestly is a good thing because i was exhausted after that episode i mean Um, funny and then i laughed in my car listening to it listening to my own voice (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if we'll be back next week because this upcoming week at the time of recording is thanksgiving so we're not sure about our schedules but we will let you know and we'll be back at some point (laughs) that's so vague but we will be back i feel like likely next week but we'll keep you posted very likely and if not then the week after but uh we'll miss you until then and thank you for listening and thank you for escaping reality with us bye bye see you soon (laughs) 